Care Foxes fans, and welcome back to another year, another season of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Hopefully coming to you live this year with video and few things, few other changes uh, that you'll be seeing. Uh, but first, I, as always, am your host, Mr. Matt Folks, coming to you live from San Diego, California. And I am joined, of course, by my co-host, Mr. Chris Warner. What's up, dude? How you doing, buddy? Long time no speak. Let's go. New season, long. new challenges. Yeah, man, we got uh, preseason's firing. Uh, Lester's making absolutely zero signings. So we decided to make a few signings of our own here on yes, the US Foxes podcast to make up for that. So joining us this year, guys, as full time cast members, we are going from a twosome to a fearsome foursome. We are joined now, as a, for always, by Mr. Jason Becker of the New York Foxes. Jason, what's up, dude? Welcome to the team. Oh, man, great. Great to see you guys. Great to do another season with you all. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can get out there to do an episode out there in San Diego. But just uh, in the meantime, I decided to set up my place to be a little bit more West Coast for y'all. Love it, dude. It looks like it like I asked when you popped on. I was like, man, are you like in my backyard right now? I was looking for you out there. So that's that's awesome. Um, so stoked to have you on the team, dude. And yeah, thanks. So glories of uh, the Internet. You'll be able to join us each week um, without having to be physically there with us. Um, our fourth member of the team, our new member of the team. Mr. Jim Harris, he is a familiar face as well to you guys uh, on the podcast. Jim down in Houston, leader of the Texas Foxes. What's up, brother? Thank you for joining us and welcome to the team. Thank you very much. I'm glad to have turned my um, loan into a permanent signing. So um, <laughs> it was a very easy contract to, to sign. So um, glad to be here every week. Hopefully um, I can I can stay on the first team sheet. Yes, we yeah, will. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, Lookman isn't watching. Seeing all these say, yeah. permanent deals. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, look at this loan to loan to permanent signing. Take yep. note of it and let's do it for Lookman. <laughs> Absolutely. Just uh, figure figure it out, man, because this has been uh, an easy transition for us. And honestly, just a natural. When we were trying to think about how we could freshen things up for you guys and, and put on a better product this year. I was like, let's add to the team. And and you guys, uh, we're so stoked to have you to have you join us each week now um and give your insights and uh your knowledge on our foxes so thank you so much for joining us uh jason what are your thoughts um so far this year uh you know it's been a, a kind of a weird one and without lesta every day and having a, the constant news what, what have you been doing to fill your time dude uh well been trying to enjoy the summer as much as i can trying to get some sun uh trying to hit the beach hit uh Filling up my weekends with a little bit more golf these days. Been getting nice. on the course, slowly bringing that handicap down. And uh, you know the 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 long season, especially when you're in Europe. You know sometimes two games a week, heading down to football factory. So I'm trying to make the most of this summer. Also, I'm trying to get myself back into uh, into game shape. So so Jason, I have to ask, given the Madison Vardy video of Put Put earlier this week, what do you think? You think he'd have them both on the on the, on the putting green? I think yeah. If they want to play, if they if we want to do a best ball or a scramble, however they want to do it, I think uh, we'll get two of the Becker brothers. Or actually, we've got a couple of good players in, in Matt and Jim out there too. Well, we can make this a foursome, and I think they can pick whoever they want. I know I know Walsh, uh, Steve Walsh, and uh, Taggart or, or Muzzy is it or itching to get on the course, and so maybe we can get a little match going on on our uh, brand new golf course at Seagrave. 
Hell yes, dude. That thing looks so sick. Uh, for those guys, for, for our newer listeners or people that might be joining us for the first time, can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and the New York Foxes? Not a long summary, just, you know, how long you've been doing things and uh, yeah. where you're located. You literally have the sweetest setup in that beautiful city. Yeah, man. So uh, New York Foxes was started by my twin brother, Jordan, and I. Uh, we've been fans for a long time, going back to the Casey Keller days. And um, it was about you know 2011. We noticed that every group in the every club in the world seemed to have a sports group in New York City. Like there was a Bristol City group. There's like uh, uh, all South America and all over Europe and third division, you know, uh, English football. And there was no Leicester group. Like well, we wanted to do something about that. So uh, yeah, we started the group. Um, we get together at Football Factory, which is downstairs at Legends Bar, right across the street from the Empire State Building. And thanks to uh, to Jack, the governor over there, he makes sure that every um, every Leicester game is on. So um, you don't even have to like look us up or ask. You know, if the game is on, it will be shown there, and the New York Foxes will be there. So anyone who's in New York, come down and join us. We'd love to have you. And uh, yeah, just look for the Empire State Building and, and head right across the street. Yeah, it's literally the hardest uh, beak like pin you drop. You talk about dropping a pin for somebody on Google. It's like just come to the Empire State Building, guys. It's uh, one of the best football bars in the world. Um, I've spent some great times there with you guys and and we uh, absolutely love it. So, yeah, if you're in the New York area, you need to seek him out. That being said, if you are down south in uh, the wonderful state of Texas, uh, usually, um, you need to seek out Mr. Our other new co-host, Jim Harris. Jim, tell us about uh, what you guys do down there. Tell us about the Texas Foxes, how it became a thing, and what you all got going on. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Texas Foxes a bit a bit younger than the New York Foxes. Uh, we got we got started up in about probably what 2017. I think really after after we we managed to meet up after the um, after the league winning season. Uh, there was a lot of Texas people in um, in in LA for the the game against PSG. Um, we may not have got the good result, but we got the the big outcome by creating the the United States community. And part of that was the was the Texas Foxes that kind of came out of it. I thought I was alone here in 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 Houston, and um, lo and behold, when I went to the pub to to watch the Everton game, I think it was the last game of the season. There was four or five faces down there and, and some some old school city shirts. And then from there, we, we've we kind of created a, a statewide system. So we've got some representation in Houston here. We've got Dallas and we've got Austin as well. Uh, and we're a bit more of a virtual community. We kind of got stymied by COVID a little bit. So looking forward to actually having this season getting together in person a few times and maybe doing a few few events up in Dallas, up in over in Austin and in San Antonio, if you're around. And then of course here in Houston. So we do have a pub that reached out to us that said they could be our local. So it's actually about a mile away from my old house. So one of the things I did recently was actually move house in the last month and a bit. So um, it's gone, it's gone to a little bit of a trek, but I don't mind that. And it'll be, be fun to get together and and watch the game with a beer rather than, a bowl of cereal, which is what I've been doing recently. Absolutely. And you're, uh, I mean, that you have that thick, thick Texas accent too. So uh, what part of Texas are you originally from, from for those that uh, aren't familiar? Absolutely. I'm from East Texas. So um, <laughs> keep, keep heading east from Austin, uh, from, from Houston. And then um, 
I'll go about 3,000 miles and then you'll probably find where I'm from. So, um, well, actually, that technically that's Portugal, so you don't really want to do that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so actually I'm from Leamington Spa, so just in Warwickshire, but I could never be a Coventry City fan. Um, apologies Good to any you. of my friends that listen to this, but my dad's from Leicester. He grew up in Wigston. My, my granddad's from um, Leicester. He actually worked for the East Midlands Electricity Board, got to work Leicester City Games while he was working there too as the engineer. I can tell a story about that. I probably did it on, on another pod, but um, it's, 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 it's in my DNA to be a City fan and, you know, no other club has ever come close. It's the best. It's the best. That's why you're here. Uh, with that being said, guys, let's dive right into this uh, and, and dive right into where we are as a club. Um, we made the joke about the uh, lack of signings this summer. And um, after, you know, Brendan's, pretty concrete statements uh, last year about how we wanted to bring in six or seven new squad players. It's uh, quickly turned uh, to some different quotes that were coming out. Um, he, he said that he meant he was actually talking about the culture and how we needed to reaffirm our culture. Chris, what, what the actual hell was he, uh, what, what, in your opinion, what's, what's going on here? Just some bullshit out of Brennan's mouth. there, trying to cover for a lack of funds. I think that ultimately the decisions on the transfer front are going to always be governed by who we could sell this window. And in, if I'm being totally honest, I think as a club, we were over optimistic about the quality of the players on that, that people might like. And as a consequence of that, we've not been able to do too much business because I don't think it's a case where we don't have the money to make those transfers. I think it's solely What's the point of having a squad of 28, 29, 30 players when in a Premier League you only can register 20, I think it's 22. Like, it doesn't make any sense. We we have players with the, that are on high wages that aren't necessarily that, in terms of transfer price, there. And I think it's been a combination of the fact we can't sell and we are waiting to sell, which is really limited as this window. And so it's been disappointing. But at the same time, I can kind of understand. And it makes you realize where Brendan was coming from back in the day, because to me, it makes complete sense now. He was, you, in my opinion anyway, and you, you boys might disagree, but the more those comments after the Forest game in the Cup last season, and more of a, just a defensive, it's not me. It's not my fault it's the player's fault in that situation. I don't have the squad at this moment in time. And it just comes across more as a defensive moment of Brendan's character versus an, an actual action moment. So I am, I'm disappointed, but I'm a realist. I understand the fact that we can't get players in until we can get players out. And realistically, 2023 next year, we have a lot of players that are coming off contract and it'll be an opportunity to do those sorts of deals. So if I'm if to sum it up, I don't think we're going to get anyone in. I really don't think between now and the start of the season in two weeks, we're going to make a single signing. Well, you, you kind of run into that thing like last year where it felt like and obviously we had the injuries pop up. But and but it was like we kind of felt like we signed people to sign people um, in the Bertrand and, uh, and Mr. Guard case. And we all see how that worked out with uh, Muffin Top and the Lurch. Jason, your thoughts on what ended up happening? What? lack of in and outs or whatever this year. I mean, were you, are you surprised by this or what's up? No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's clear the squad needs a little trimming, right? It's a, we're, we're still beyond the 25 man roster. Um, yeah. So we have to 
send guys out before we bring them in. We can't have situations anymore like we had last year with guys being paid, but they were without, you know, couldn't, couldn't be registered in the league. Um, so it just, you have to, you know, be like a Man City or Chelsea or a club like that to, to be able to, to do anything like that. And so, yeah, it makes sense. And, and you can see how it's difficult to move players with the way that the European, you know, arms race is, has gone in the last few years. Salaries in the Premier League are going to be a lot higher than what a lot of clubs in Italy and Spain can, and, and France can pay for nowadays. So it's a lot harder to move these players on. You have to sign these players to bigger salaries to get them in, through the door um, in England, because if you don't, someone else will. But it makes it a lot harder to, to move these guys on. So there's still a little bit of time. You know, we've been known to to, to make, um, you know, late transfer window signings uh, in, in the past. I remember, you know, it, when Esteban Cambiasso came out of nowhere nice. and signed for us pretty late in the window. So things can happen. You know, I, I think that uh, there are clubs out there know that we need to sell. So they're going to, um, uh, they're going to hold and, and wait and see if they can get a deal uh, later in the window. I'll just say, sorry, before Jim Jim, Jim gives his comment, but I'll, I'll agree with you, Jason, on this one. And I don't think as a Leicester fan listening to this, that it's a negative in this situation. I think this idea of giving average players higher wages is a consequence of the past, not necessarily something that we would expect in the future. Like I think some of the salaries that we have with certain players are reactions to getting promoted, winning the league, having that couple of years post winning the league. So I expect the future to be a lot more organized on this front. And I think just this particular window is going to be the worst of it all, in my opinion. I don't think it will be moving forward. I don't expect the same thing every single time going into 23, 24, et cetera. Yeah. And going back to to Brendan's comments quickly, I mean, if you want to be the optimist or, or, or kind of, you know, um, give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Maybe, perhaps he was saying what he did last year as a way to kind of motivate players and let them know, like, look, your spot is not guaranteed. Yeah, that's Hoping point. that's more of what it was, but you know, we don't we don't know. But um, you can see from like even a player like Soyonchu's comments um, recently in in the, in the Times, uh, he seems to really like playing for Brendan, and Brendan is still very popular with the players, which is which is great news, and the guys do seem motivated. So I think, you know, the squad was built last year to, to compete. We had to make some emergency signings late. Uh, but, you know, if everyone stays healthy, this is still a really good team. So I'm not that, not that upset if no one else comes in. Yeah, Jim, that's kind of where I was going to ask you about me. I'm like, this team, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we, it was just like, Jason, your point's perfect, man. Like, it, this team was built for success last season and not just Premier League success, extended european success and we got you know absolutely effed over on injuries and the fact remains that now with a healthy squad this could be pretty nasty and when you look at players like daca whose left foot all of a sudden looks pretty lethal and you look at guys like madison who is you know this is what year four now premier league player um or is it four or five somewhere right in there so but uh Whatever year it is, the kid has now got a lot more under his boots. I think that we're going to be all right, Jim. I agree. I agree. I think um, totally agree with Jason. We we can't we can't make any new signings until we get anyone out, and no one looks like they want to go voluntarily. 
And it doesn't look like anyone's really interested in either paying the wages of those players if, if we have had any interest or um, maybe maybe as well, we've had a couple of, you know, what we've heard is some some loan offerings, you know, Samari maybe. Um, I'm not sure I'd want to get rid of him as a, as a loan signing. I don't think I'd want to get rid of him at all. I think he still needs, this, this preseason he's come back uh, a lot fitter and, I don't think he is a sort of sitting player. He didn't. He was a bit of a nothing player right now. I kind of feel like, as well as as Jason said, and to quote to quote Bilbo Baggins from Lord of the Rings, you know, last season the the squad was uh, stretched very thin, like butter scraped over too much bread. So um, <laughs> that's that, that's where we were. We had, we didn't we we were competing on too many fronts. We we did well. We got we got pretty far in in, in the cups. We the league failed. You know struggled we had you know Fafana getting injured at the start of the season I just pray that next next Sunday against Sevilla we don't get a you know repeat of playing a Spanish club pre-season and then he gets cropped again and I'm hoping that Brendan's had a you know has a good conversation about hey let's make this one a, a one for the fans and a and a, and a real uh, match that's just a display match not a <laughs> not a competitive one but um you know if we can survive getting through with no injuries i think we have a really good core squad i'm a bit worried about who the 25 are going to be to be honest you know we we haven't got anyone going we had benkovic go which meant puppy came in but we've got players like callum wright knocking on the door he got his goal against derby he looks like he could be quite lively maybe a bit of a protege for barnes but he's 22 uh Fafan is going to be you know have to be a British player as well now so that's a big worry for me so I'm, I'm not so worried about you know it's nice to have new players but I think we have a pretty good team if we can have all that team bought in to actually play and want to play for the club and play for the shirt then I think we'll have an okay season if we can just focus on the league and then maybe some of the domestic cups so um We'll see. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be optimistic. I love um, it, Jim. I love it. I love this optimism, yesterday. dude. Normally, I'm the guy. You're the guy this year. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. It. Now, now you got a teammate. You're optimistic <laughs> teammate here. Um, I here's one thing that I I think is kind of being overlooked. Um, certainly not by you guys, but by I think some of the general uh, Twitter people that are just doom and gloom all the time. And uh, it, it's that outside motivator this year that's not there normally, and that is the World Cup. And so normally, if this was Yuri, um, you know, wanting to move on a la Mares, um, I would be worried about it if it wasn't the fact that he has to play to get into that Belgium side. So whether he wants to play for us or not is kind of a be, besides the point um, as to whether he wants to play for Belgium in the World Cup and make that squad, you know, next bossing around Kevin De Bruyne, as we've seen him do a few times uh, with that squad. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that that's something that can't be overlooked, Jason, for more than one player in our squad. I agree. You know, I Madison had a hell of a season last year, and he's got to have a chip on his shoulder. I just I don't understand why he's not, you know, on this team. Uh, and there are other guys, um, you know, throughout the, the the lineup too that that ha- may have shots to to get into their respective countries' sides. So, yeah, World Cup is a, is a huge motivator, and yeah, I, I think we'll, we're going to get the best out of out of these guys uh, early in the season. Jim, yeah, so I, I I agree, Matt. My only worry is that if if Yuri doesn't get a substantial contract or offer, 
from another club that he really wants to go to. He is kind of locked in on that Belgium team. And I, what I don't want is he kind of plays sort of, oh, I'll just turn up, but I'm not really going to put myself in in the 50-50 because if I get injured, then I'm not going to play in the World Cup. So I can see where you're going with like that. And I, I, I think Very I don't think he's that kind of guy. But if it gets to November and he's still with us and he's like, oh, you know, you know the coach of Belgium – is that still Roberto Martinez? I'm not sure. Um, is, you know, says to him, you know, you're, you're locked in. You've been announced. Um, I worry about like that month into it. But I think someone like Matters, for example, like you mentioned, Matt, he's going to go hell for leather to get in the team. I think to the England squad. I think Harvey Barnes is going to go crazy to get in that England squad. I think James Justin is going to go, hey, I was in the, I was, I was in and about there as well. I think, um, you know, We've got some players who are really going to say that this is an opportunity for me to play in the World Cup. I'm on the fringes and I'm going to knock the door down. I think Matt is closing out last season, even preseason, he's been going for it. And I'm, I'm super excited by that prospect. We've got goals in this team and yeah. we've got a squad that, you know, if they can stay fit, I think we can we can do something. I'm, I'm not, you know, I had a daiquiri and I've now had a beer, so maybe I'm a bit overly positive <laughs> Hey, Jim, to your point just then about Tillmans, do you see anything in the fact that he's being sent to what on paper you consider to be the second 11? Like we look at the weekend, if you look at the, the, the Preston lineup versus the Derby lineup, you're looking on the Preston lineup, you're looking probably eight out of the 11 you consider as starters on day one. In the Derby game, you're thinking probably Wilf and if, maybe Thomas like do you think there's anything there with Brendan as well like he's preparing for Yuri to have left by the start of the season and what our lineup will be without Yuri given the squad that he's taken to Preston and Yuri not being part of it maybe um I I think he wanted to have a look at what we can do in a 4-2-3-1 without Yuri um but I don't think it's because Yuri's not going to be around I, I I think there was a bit of Let's just play some different formations. Um, so that that's it to me. I, I don't I don't think I think he's maybe looking at options, but I don't think it's because he's a goner. I w- if he's a goner, he's not playing. Yeah, probably shut that down a bit too quickly for you. But that's <laughs> no, my- no, 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 I like it. That's good. I think all Leicester fans listening want to hear that. Like literally, yeah. If he's a guy, like for sure, that brings us sure. reassurance to Leicester fans. Jason, you agree with that? I, yeah, I mean, I, you know, if a deal is, is imminent, then you, the player doesn't even see the pitch, right? Because you can't have anything go wrong there. So, um, yeah, that makes me think that, you know, we're still not like Arsenal or United or whoever, you know, whoever his agent wants to link him to today is just not 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 quite there yet. And so um, the more this goes on, the, the you know, the, the better chances are of, of, of Yuri staying with us uh, for the year. I... I I, I especially with like a, a marquee friendly coming up, you know, to to, to round off the the, the preseason, I, I wouldn't look too deeply into the lineups and who got taken where, because um, you know, it's, it's just a manager. A lot of those decisions are also based on just fitness and where a player is. And you know, Yuri showed up to the uh, camp late because you know he was with Belgium, and so you know, Rogers is very um, concerned with fitness and fitness levels. And so that's, a, that's a big uh, factor in who gets played when and where, 
So let's let let's see who uh, who he throws out there for that for that marquee uh, matchup against Sevilla. It'd be interesting, and it was also an eyebrow raiser, like you said, that the um, that he gave him the captain's armband in that match, which you know is either really smart or really stupid, depending on where um, you know Brendan's head is at about the whole thing. I guess uh, could have been just a necessity, but you know you had elder, more elder players on the pitch there that could have taken that. You know, if if that's what the decision was, uh, he gave he gave him the armband the prior game too. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Man. Definitely some questions raised. Uh, so, yeah, guys, rolling through the preseason, we had the Knotts County match. Um, the thing that stuck out to me about Knotts County is our training facility is so goddamn beautiful. Like, the whole time I just catch caught myself looking at the background because <laughs> it is so freaking state-of-the-art gorgeous, and I just had to keep reminding myself, like, this is a practice pitch, one of – 400 at our new facility like you know just brush off your shoulders lester because holy shit that thing is beautiful absolutely beautiful jim we just lost chris but we'll keep going how thing how how gorgeous is that thing dude too gorgeous i think there's a reason why people aren't leaving um yeah (laughs) it, it reminds me of playing growing up playing you know university football in sheffield and you know sunday sunday league as well you know exactly the same type of pitches so you know i'm used to a manicured Billiard table to play on. <laughs> I figured that was bringing back some memories. Jason, what does that speak to, you know, about just where our club yeah. is? So, so great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the pitch looks just like those beautiful manicured fairways that they're playing at uh, on these municipal courses in New York City. But the facilities are, are incredible. And I, I was getting messages from um, – just like other buddies of, of mine and, and like guys who are involved in other supporters groups of, you know, other clubs in uh, who go to football factory. And like, they're all texting me about like, Oh my goodness, this is like your training facility. And I have to like yeah. keep like adding in like, Oh, there's also a golf course there too. And like, <laughs> yeah. there's like, you got to see the building and the inside of it and like the video room and the, and the pool, and, like just like all the other things that like weren't shown on there. Just like, Oh, we have, and they have this too and this and this, and like, I just kept coming up with new things and, yeah, they were all um, getting a little it's, jealous. It's it's a it's a wonderful thing to have, you know, for recruitment, you know, for all levels at the club, um, and I think it'll really help us, you know, with you know now that you know Forrest is seeing you know uh, another, you know, uh, some some recent success, and they finally made it back in the Premier League. Like, can they can they offer the young players in the area like the opportunity to play in in, in a setting like that facility? That's like really that. gonna help us. Exactly. Just got a text from Chris. He had his power, lost power. So well, I think it's the three of us boys. Cause this is yeah. another, look, is there a, a more proof that I am glad to have you guys on the team here? Cause normally <laughs> it would just be us. It would be me right now trying to uh, close this up on myself. Oh, so great. glad to have you, but yeah. Um, well, I, I just had the dogs try and break into the study and not, I, I put a big mirror in front of the door so they couldn't open it and they just pushed it over and I was like, oh my word. Oh, that's so luckily, oh, luckily all good. Um, Shout out to the pups. So what's going to happen to the guy in New York? I'm, my, my apartment's going to get broken into. <laughs> Christ, no, hope not. Hope not. Let's get that out of there. Um, with, a, with some falafels from a street cop. Yeah. Well, if they came in with that, I'd, I'd, I'd open it. Yeah. <laughs> and a pizza bagel. And a pizza bagel. The best. My favorite thing about visiting Jason. All right. Um, so the other uh, thing I wanted to say was, you know, 
we all love Beaver Drive, and and there's some great things that happen there. But damn, it's it's kind of like when you uh, get a little bit more success in life and you get to move up to first class. You might have some fond memories of Coach, but you're glad to be where you are, and that's uh, it's a hell of a facility. So, and and, and I think you know, there's a lot of chat about well, you know, us spending all that money is is that stopping us buying players because we've gone into hot look we've got to play the long game on this and it's if it if it helps develop better players if it helps attract better players in the long run i'm all for it look i don't think we're in any danger of getting relegated this season with with and we we had a lot of injuries we struggled and we we fought on multiple fronts last season and we we still finished what ninth and so um if we if we can focus i think you know i'm still thinking on a you know, we can still finish top half this season with no signings, maybe, maybe better depending on what happens and if everyone stays fit. So, um, but it's probably more worrying seeing a lot of other clubs making a lot of signings, um, especially some of the good ones. They're solidifying. They, they are the top six now, I think, unfortunately. Um, we're seeing some, you know, but a lot of signings doesn't mean a lot of success as we've seen, you know, especially from us. <laughs> so <laughs> look at 2016 17 i i think uh, i don't know i i'm starting to get some kind of vibes like uh from before the 2013 2014 season a little different right like that had that heartbreak loss at wofford so they go right there right they could taste it but the players came back like incredibly motivated that that next season where i could have been like super demoralizing and we're kind of seeing this year like the, the the statements from players have been like really positive you can see there's like a real energy out there and the guys like seem to want to be there uh, and i think the training ground is something has something to do with that if you want to get you know this is a job right for them uh lesser city is an employer uh and you want to get the best out of your employees you want them to be happy to, to show up to work every day and to show up to a place where they feel like their potential could be maximized and they've got like everything there that can help them succeed. And Seagrave is an example of that. And the guys look, I mean, it's tough to read too much into preseason, but you can see that there was like squad is motivated. And I think they felt like they had an opportunity, uh, you know, lost the semifinal to Roma. And I think that every single guy on our team would believe to, to a man that we're the better side that, that lesser team last season is a much better side than that Roma team. And Jose, Jose does, right? It would play to that level. And I think guys, you know, enjoy that. They liked being out in Europe. They liked playing in, you know, in front of those crowds. The fans loved it. I, I got to go to Rome, man. It was unreal. So I think the players have a taste of that. Uh, I think it burned a lot of these guys that, hey, we're not going to be in Europe again this year. Let's try to get something. Let's, let's, walk away with the season with something and um and i'm start i'm really seeing that this season so it's it's uh getting getting me pumped up getting me motivated and that's probably why i'm so optimistic you know right now on this episode yeah dude that's such a great point welcome back chris uh glad you got your power figured out dude well, we had a spontaneous power cut, boys, <laughs> and then at that oh, point wow. you have to scramble so out comes I the think... backup laptop put it all in gear and let's go again 
I think it happened because that shirt is just too hot, man. <laughs> it really and, is. It really is. He's coming yeah. back from a bachelor party weekend, and I don't yeah. know if that's part of his theme, but uh, we're very happy to have you. Yeah, your electricity's on holiday as well, by all sounds of it. I was going to say, no, well, Jim, you as a as a Brit abroad, occasionally you just want to kind of go all out and just embrace it all. And when the guy when the theme was Hawaiian party, I was like, yes, please. I think about 10 of these Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> We're only going for two days. And I was like, you know what? I'll just take them all just in case and get the feeling of which, whichever one I want to go. But but I joined at the right time because I joined at the moment Jason was giving me that optimistic, we're going to have a hell of a season mentality. And I'm like, yeah, feed me that. Feed yeah, me well, that. What we were speaking of was just like how sick, like one of my favorite things about the whole um you know, Knott's game was just looking at Seagrave in the background and being like, that's ours. Like, we we built that. Like, this club is is at that level, and that was really our whole point, rounding it out. We were pretty mm-hmm. stoked on that. Um, moving on, then, we we went and did the uh, the uh, OH Leuven match uh, up in Belgium. Got to see Top get some cool award uh, for owning, I think, Leuven five years, and got to experience, like, a f- match day there, I guess you say. Pretty impressive, loud fans. Um, I didn't realize, you know, just what less what uh, top had done for that club and, and, and the King power group had done for that club, just like they did for us, taking a team that was second tier uh, in the Belgian divisions and brought them all the way back up to a spot where they're, they're uh, competitive again in the top league. So just more proof that we got the best owners uh, in the world, Jim, huh? Absolutely. And no surprise that, that it was a loud crowd in the home of Stella Artois. So um, I can't <laughs> imagine why those two things would be linked together. Um, Look, yeah, it it was a it was a bit of a an end to end game, bit of basketball. You know, they're they're pretty much schoolboy defending from from our team to start off with, but we got back in there. Seconds in, yeah, yeah, exactly. It showed a bit of fight, but we got back in. Clearly, you know, no one's expecting us to really struggle against Leuven. No, no, no disrespect to them, but uh, you know. There's, there's a gulf between the Belgian league and even the Belgian league and the teams that are sort of in the top echelons and the the rest of the Belgian league. So um, it, it was clearly a, a, a nice away day. It was about fitness. It was about kind of getting in there and we didn't lose and we got some goals and it's been a theme for us to get goals throughout the preseason, apart from, you know, maybe against Preston, there's many goals, but um, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, there you go. Jason thoughts on uh, the Belgian adventure I, to be to be honest i didn't watch but um what i can see like from a bit of the highlights well i'll talk less about that you know i think jim, jim addressed that but it did feel like a nice like mini european away day like maybe the yeah. first leg of a, of a champions league or europa tour and uh, which was great so i'm glad that you know some of the fans got to go out and travel for that and hopefully there, there's, you know, just more of that. I think that was a really cool, cool trip. Um, it's nice to have that relationship with, with Lovin. And if I said that properly, uh, if not, I apologize. And uh, yeah, so, you know, that m- might not be a bad little tradition, right? To, you know, every couple of years, get everyone out there and get, get a little trip and, and maybe some, some cheap Stellas out there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then, then enjoying a enjoying a European trip, and maybe this, you know, maybe next season it could be a little kind of like um, little little mini trainer for uh, for a Champions League or Europa or Conference League season that's about to kick yeah, off. I, I, I think it's a nice sort of little regular, you know, preseason friendly venue now, isn't it? Nice place to go, and a good team to play against, and you know they love top, and we love top. 
for sure. And we got to see uh, Inacho climbing a glacier, which is something I was going to say. Think we never get to I say. mean, it, I love the fact that they, they did that sort of stuff, going and climbing the glaciers. It reminded me back in the day of those photos from the 70s where Jock would take the boys up like Braggart Park and those hills. Half naked in Frank Worthington, like, Harry Body, Rhythm. Like, yeah, like the hills. Yeah. I love the fact that they were doing that sort of stuff. I can only imagine how monotonous um, preseason training gets at some point. So I think it's great that a well, we went to a foreign country and didn't create a headline. That's great. That's always <laughs> that's always a that's always a fucking tick in the box. But b it was more like the fact that we go there and we do summer and it's interesting. I think the boys and from the them from the photos and videos at least it seemed like they all enjoyed doing it. So uh but I can imagine yeah for poor Kalechi that's a lot <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit different, isn't it? It, it was probably a bit more they than climbing up sand dunes under Jock though. So um I can imagine. And well, you know, it was really also a great experience for the boys to to be led up that mountain by an experienced mountaineer in, in Brendan Rogers <laughs> has, has reached the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro before. And so uh, I'm sure I'm sure that the boys really learned a lot there, too. And uh, it was great well, to have that experience there uh, to lead these boys up the mountain. And uh, maybe maybe this season we'll we'll get back to the top again. Um, and, and get back to the promised land there at the peak. Oh God, I can only imagine the Rogers talk at the this, top of the peak. Oh, dude. We, we're at the top now, boys. Let's stay here for the rest of the year. <laughs> kind of giving it all. Because I don't know about you guys, but some of the some of his interviews on LCFC TV over the preseason friendlies have been pretty dry <laughs> in terms of the comments and stuff. There's not anything so. to talk about, dude. Like it's pretty <laughs> I just, he, I don't know if he's fought off a pack of wolves uh, before a la Nigel Pearson. So it, I think when it comes to mountaineering, I'm still going to lean towards uh, Nigel as the guy that I, that I want leading the expedition. If they, you know, you, there could be packs of wild dogs at different levels uh, of the mountain, or at least goats there that you have to fight off. But it would be great too. If, if, if like, in the locker room somewhere there is like a like a chart and there's like a, a a mountain which is like represents the season in each of the game weeks and there's like a little mountaineer with his spikes and a rope and as they're making progress this season he just wasn't that a game show wasn't that a game on like price, price is right, right or yodeling. something where the, you the yodeler guy off the price cliff it, it sounds like jason's been on some corporate training uh, i think i might have been on the same one where there's you know the analogy of climbing a mountain and reaching base camp and, and having your Sherpas telling you how to get there. So um, I could I could go on for days on that. I have not run those courses. I'd just like to point that out, full disclaimer. <laughs> well, that's great. And yeah, what, what better Sherpa could you have than Jerry Taggart? Um, when you're uh, looking ahead, then guys, we'll keep moving on because otherwise we'll be stuck here on this mountain. Uh, we, we played a hole, kicked the shit out of hole. That was wonderful for nothing. Um, guys look right there. Anything stick out to anybody? Tidy finishing, man. I loved it. Yeah, tidy, very tidy. Yeah, I thought Dakar's first. Very good. Very, very good. And I, my favorite thing in the world right now when I watch football is like just seeing uh, Wesley Fofana go up for a corner and then stay up there as long as possible. Yeah, dude. Defying gravity. It paid off. It paid off. 
well, just to stay up in, in, in the attacking third of the pitch as long as possible oh, before he has yeah. to rush back. He's, I love him, man. He's always trying to make something happen. Like he always wants to make the play wherever it is. He's not afraid of anything. And he stayed up there and Madison made a beautiful play and, and found him. And it was, it was a great play. I, I think the thing that, like, I, I totally agree, Jason. I think the fact that we saw him when he was on recovery, playing in a little on vacation with little kids, the fact that that's how much he loves playing football. It's just like for him, it's everything. And he just wants to get a goal. He doesn't, he loves defending. Like there's no doubt. He just loves tackling everybody and doing everything. But the fact he just wants to go get a goal and, you know, I can imagine, you know, him going crazy again this season when he scores a goal. Oh, hell yeah, dude. You're talking about somebody that, you know, wants to make it into their damn world cup side. Like, I, they'd be that kid has that's prime gold number one for somebody trying to make a name for themselves in a very hard to get into national side and that's just a storyline that's going to keep repeating itself this year for us um and then the weird uh derby preston double day that we've already spoken a little bit about uh it you know it was split squads going all around the place um Derby's, you know, they're they're Derby and and we got to see David Nugent there. I think I don't know if they brought in Nuge because, you know, he has really played for all three clubs or what that was, but it was awesome to see number 35 back on the sidelines and uh imparting his knowledge on the squad. He still looks like he could run out there, but ever since he left Twitter, uh we haven't really seen a lot of David Nugent. So it's good to see him. He needs to turn his mic up though, but um thoughts guys what just go around i guess jim can we can we just talk about that one moment in the derby game with probably yuri doing what yuri does best with that pass in the inside channel and then we square it and daka completely misses his kick and then thomas i have no idea what he's doing at that point like open goal i'm gonna hit it on my heel and square it across the box it was like (laughs) it was just like it was like you were watching it live and you just kind of like oh god is this is this what the season's going to be? And but um, I, I thought in all, I thought over the two, we bossed both games. I thought both teams bossed both games. It was really refreshing to see Wilf have sixty minutes uh, for in the derby game. I mean, there was there was a report that he he took a knock in training. Of, uh, was it last week or the week before? So it was great to see he him starting to get a bit of fitness back. He's going to be pivotal to our success, I think, next season. Um, and I think the one of the biggest highlights to me this preseason has been Vardy. I think the fact that Vardy is scoring for fun in the preseason can only be a, I think, a positive uh, contribution moving into the into the Premier League when it starts in a couple of weeks. So I, I really enjoyed both games. It was a it was it was a hell of a watch, like doing back to back Leicester games. But um, yeah, I thought I thought in both games we bossed it. Um, we're, we're slowly getting that fitness back, that cohesiveness back. And we're starting, you can start to see that the beginnings of, of what looks like the side as we go into the start of the season. Jimmy, your thoughts coming up out of the uh, double header. Yeah, it was, um, it was a long four hours nearly, but it was, Super it, long. It, it, was it was nice to, especially for us getting up early as well, but it it was good to see. I, I kind of, Look at think about seeing Vestergaard and Marty playing some intricate passing back and forth. Um, I'm not sure if that was a reflection on Derby or a reflection on actually they are, you know, they were showboating for fun, but it was good to see goals 
going in that we were making chances. You know, we scored two against Preston. We could have scored way more. You know, I think Vardy knew he was offside, so he didn't bother putting that one in on that. You know, that chance that, that he put over the bar from about four yards. But and I, I, you know, again, I think Harvey Barnes. It just sort of showed how much he's just a, a you know, an amazing player. And just but let down a little bit by his decision making. He does get a little bit greedy, but if he wasn't as greedy as he was, he wouldn't get the goals he does. So I'm I think you know we're getting through, we're getting fitter, we're getting sharper. Papi Mendy playing some what the heck has he become, you know, turning into Andre Pirlo for a little bit of the game as well. So that was that was amazing to see. And um it kind of like I, I don't know how I was, you know, I, I'm feeling a lot more positive after watching yesterday than I am you know maybe a week ago the whole game yeah 4-0 but yeah that that wasn't really much there that that you know poor hull um but yeah this was this was a you know a pretty decent Preston team um derby team that wanted to you know play against us but we just we just easily bossed both games and we came through fitter sharper and actually looking a bit more direct which made me feel better that's kind of what I came across when I was doing watching as well. It was like um, things are clicking and there were those little passes and, and that were just starting to come across and make guys look like they knew what the hell they were doing. Um, anything else that's sticking out? I mean, besides, you know, the, the masterful performances by uh, Dan Bates. I mean, that guy would, you know, when it comes to teams and their broadcasting uh, capabilities, we, there's some, there's some shit out there. I think we're pretty lucky to have Dan and Dan and Jerry running the show. I've, I've enjoyed them thoroughly. And then, you know, when they throw in Nuge every now and then, I'm here for it, Chris. I, I think they need to bring Jerry out to Palo Alto so that he, or Menlo Park, sorry, in California, so we can do a translation session with Google because I don't know if anybody else <laughs> has the captions on the YouTube, but during the Jerry commentary, they were off by, at one point, they were talking about sheep in a field. <laughs> it's like, what the hell are we talking about at this moment in time? But oh, he probably was talking about sheep. He probably people. was. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. But no, uh, yeah. I mean, I, kudos to the, the uh, again, to the club for giving the opportunity to see these games live. Yeah, production's like, I mean, getting better every year. Like, if you think about where the hell we were, like, even two, three years ago, trying to watch these preseason matches, you guys, and I mean, some of like the ads and I still got big problems with LCFC radio. Last season was an absolute shit show. They've got to get that figured out. But they're they're slowly making steps and leaps and bounds, even have graphics coming in and showing names. And, you know, they're they're getting better. And it's, you know, it's just another another indicator of us heading up, Jason. Right. Yeah, man. Like these are the little things, right? Like those those. Well, actually, not a little thing that let let me not um, diminish that that that's a pretty you know like complex operation to have i mean there are giant Absolutely, broadcasters yeah. that still have problems i mean we how much you know well, i don't even don't even get me started on peacock yet you know it's, the season <laughs> hasn't even started so oh <laughs> wait but that just goes that to show you. you right that like here here's a here's a football club just like whipping something up together we don't have like our, a full-time tv station like you know, Barcelona or Real Madrid and like clubs like that. Like the, the broadcasts have been, have been good, man. They've been, they've been professional. Um, what I've seen, been, you know, just it feels like you're watching kind of, you know, any other game. It's just, you know, a little sunnier and a little warmer out there. And uh, yeah, and a little more casual. And it's, it's been cool. It's been enjoyable. I Look, I haven't watched like all of the preseason games, but what I've watched, like 
I think I, I've been impressed, and and I I love hearing Jerry on the mic, man. He's yeah. I 100 agree, Jason. Uh, I think three or four years ago we wouldn't have done the split times between the two squad games. We would have just kicked everything off at 3 p.m. But they're now cognizant of the international fan base. They're cognizant of what we want as fans. And I think it it, it was fantastic that they decided to go back-to-back with the two games. And that's something that I think just echoes, like you said, that professionalism that's coming through from the club now. And you get that sense, even in the post-game show, where... The guys are around the table pitch side, but you've got Brendan there. Everything looks, you've got the mics, you've got everything set up. That It's kind of, and it, it perfect, like to get to the, the best, it's not just having the best 11 on the pitch. It's having facilities, it's having stadium, it's having that mentality yeah. throughout the club. And it, it it's like those little things I think I'm embracing as a positive to, for, for what we're thinking and what Susan Wheeler and the, the board are thinking in terms of where they want Leicester to be over the next 5, 10, 15 years. So all in all, I've been really impressed by the coverage this preseason and uh, kudos to Leicester for everything they've done. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to not just show the Southampton 9-0 anymore on the big screen. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, clearly it, it, it caused us to not have Southampton be very happy about releasing Martin Glover to us as well. So I'm not sure if that, well, and also they beat us when we showed it on the screen, but so that's the only thing I would ask the video editing team to maybe cut back on. Just the fact that everything's not buffering for fucking 10 minutes is like, just we're making such monumental leaps and bounds here, guys. Like it's, it's and we don't have to pay and we don't have to pay five pounds to watch it either. Exactly. Well, uh, all right. <laughs> so what Jim, nice Jim's day. referring to uh, the match that we all got to watch for free as Leicester fans. Darby was trying to charge five five pounds to uh, for their fans to watch. What's that? Jason? We can we can now change the the words of the chant from you know Darby's going down with a fiver in the bank to Darby's going down with your fiver. <laughs> Damn, Love that's it. perfect, dude. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it, uh, yeah, and and to have replays like we're watching the match at, Sea, at Seagrave in there, and they've got replays like it's it's crazy. But stoked for where we're going. Um, moving along, guys. Let's uh, so we don't keep everybody all night. Let's move uh, right into my favorite topic of the night. We'll go into the kits and what has happened. Obviously, everybody has seen the new home kit by now. It is uh, really nice. There are things about it that I'm showing it on screen for those listening. There are things about it that I love, things about that I absolutely freaking hate. Um, the monochrome badge is the number one thing that I cannot stand about this kit. It uh, has been less than uh, less than appealing to me. Um, Jim, what are your thoughts on that? We'll start with that one. Well, I'm wrapping my Jacko training shirt from yeah. 2007 right now. So um, very much a, an old school feel. Um, I. I, I think it would look a lot better if it was white shorts. It's if ever a kit needed white shorts to go with it, it's the kit we have now. Yeah. Um, and I've not, you know, I've only seen sort of glimpses of the other kits, so I'm 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 reserving judgment. I'm not I'm not going out and and buying it immediately. You know, so that's about as much as I, I'll give you right now. I can't really I can't really comment until I have it in my hands. Jason, like the the gold badge, like this is we've we've joked for years about how gold is since 2015 is now the official secondary color of Leicester, even in some cases more than before white. Before then, 
um it, and and it was really something that came with the kp group um and and when they started showing up and, and the gold um you know it, it i'm for it there's worse colors certainly to be your secondary but i mean that's pretty much a symbol of what our new secondary kit color or secondary color is right yeah i think on a home shirt if you're going to make the badge gold it should be, be like to commemorate some kind of accomplishment Memorial. or anniversary yeah. And we're not really doing that there. Oh, look, um, supply chains are awful. Inflation is, you know, killing us. Um, it might be easier and cheaper to produce a um, a monochrome badge, but I think for on the home shirt at least we should try. I mean, because we're wearing our colors, the the badge should should be, you know, just badge should be changed. Or if you do change it, it's got to commemorate something. So not the biggest fan of doing that on a home kit not totally bothered by that on on a on a change kit especially if there's a big clash there um but yeah um and and uh i'm uh, with few exceptions i'm generally very anti-collar on kits especially on like with shirts that are like made of like modern like performance materials it just feels like it's just extra and it's added there and it's like kind of annoying to pay play with it's something that else that's going to get like sweat soaked and uh and especially if you can't pop it up and look like extra cool like jim does right now uh for all the folks who, who aren't watching uh yeah i uh, just not just not a fan it just feels like it's just kind of like added in there kind of like it's just i yeah, don't know it- like it's a flaccid collar. So like, it's just really just there. It's almost like they just sewed it on their second, like a, you know, let's make this thing look old school. Do love the gold Fox, the running Fox in the batch from the, that is a great touch. This saves the whole damn thing. This saves the whole kit literally uh, right here. I'd love to see the running Fox with the, with, you know, with the circle incorporated into maybe some of the change kits. I think that'd be a really cool look, Um, especially if it's, you know, a little bit more retro uh that one thing i noticed like as from from the bits of the friendlies that i've watched so far this season is like it's like every time the whistle blows like you i think like zooming on a player you see the guys like adjusting and trying to like fix his collar it just seems like just something else it's like annoying that like you just don't want your players to have to deal with i 100 percent agree it feels like uh, firstly positive the running fox on the back i hope we continue that from now on in every kit, in some sort of manifestation of it. The negatives, to me, it feels like there was a day last season where they were like, okay, we're going to review the new kit. And Madders just ran into the room and locked the door and just went, boys, this is exactly what I want. And the boys are trusting me. Like, it's got the pop collar. It's got the gold badge. It just feels like 110% Madders' favorite idea of what he wants in a kit. So I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited by the idea that it will hit a 25 yard free kick this season and then just pop the collar for a celebration. Like I'm mm-hmm. fully, fully okay. expecting some sort of thing like that with the collar and Madison when he hits a great free kick and Leicester home shirts have been, well, since we've been part of uh, Adidas, it's been a, it's been a struggle in terms of really embracing them. And, uh, but uh, I, I'm very excited from what you've seen on the internet anyway about the second and third kit. So I think this year I'm probably going to be more of a second and third kit guy than I will be the, the home shirt. I, I think the last two home shirts are pretty solid. Um, like the, the, the one with the, kind like, of the yeah. gold, the gold stripes and a little like checker pattern. 
that was pretty cool the last year with the little camo kind of action that wasn't that was the worst yeah i i will say once you get it in person and you get it on like i've caught myself walking by the mirror a few times be like hey, um, all right, it's not that bad so i don't hate it it's growing on me a little bit more and more every time i put it on so um, i'm stoked about it and yeah we've go ahead jason the one thing I just have to say, man, because I just think this is like the funniest thing every year when, when new kits come out. I mean, and this is really bad because we're also doing this on video so people can see how we're dressed now. And we're out here like critiquing oh, shirts oh, like true. we are like the ultimate fashionistas. Yeah. Yeah. Not the not the uh, perfect model bodies here, but I think well, that's I gotta good say, man, I, I love this is like my favorite T-shirt from like the last couple of years. Like, Shout out Hellenic Foxes. Hellenic Foxes. Yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a beauty bag. Yeah, that's a really good one. But we've seen uh, glimpses of the other two. They're officially not released yet as I uh, got a slap on the wrist. Uh, we're not going to get into that. Uh, but when they yeah, are, I, released, that, I can't believe you got you got hacked. Yes, exactly. Me either. I can't believe I was hacked. I totally. Yeah. Thank you, Jim, for your sympathies. Um, but when they come out, we look forward to seeing them uh, and what they're going to look like and, and see what the foxes are going to look like. But um, yeah, guys, let's uh, let's wrap this up. I know Jim's got stuff to do this evening. Uh, Jason's all the way on the East Coast, so he definitely wants to get to bed. So, um, guys, I this is uh, episode one of what's going to be a freaking awesome thing and i'm so excited and you survived and it's only going to be awesome going forward so boys thank you for joining us jim jim first you thank you man of course wouldn't miss it we're looking forward to having you and 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 you're going to be such a huge part of the pod going forward jason to you man you're going to be the guy that's that's really suffering with these three hour time differences um so thank you for committing to do it and uh we're so stoked to have you on the team dude hey man whatever it takes to you know talk to you guys a bit more see more of your faces man sign me up i'm in for it hell yeah chris you're the best dude as always um it's fun doing this with you and it's only getting better dude we uh we move on season four dude at this thing mate we're we're growing We've gone from California. We're now we're invading Texas. We're invading the East Coast. We're taking over America, Matt. This is this is what we want. This is what we've we've wanted to do since we started the podcast. So thank you, brother. This is going to be a fun, fun season. Listen, the whole point of this podcast, guys, from the beginning is connecting like minded Foxes fans in the United States with other Foxes and getting our supporters groups growing and building our brand here in the United States of Leicester City. Um, there we've got some of the best sports fans in the world here and we all cheer for the best club in the world. So let's get them connected and, uh, and keep it moving with that being said, thank you for joining us on, uh, season four, episode one of the U S Foxes podcast. Um, we're so stoked. We got some awesome things playing this year, guys, and I uh, can't wait to share it with you. So, uh, we will see you next week. Uh, same time, same place. We'll see you then guys. Peace. <laughs>